like, did you go to space real quick? <laughs> I knew she was gone. She said she was going to to South by the Island, but uh, I, I never believed her. Should have checked the mileage on that truck there, man. No. Welcome to the Full Scoop Podcast, now even fuller than before. We got news, we got skits, we got banter. And today in our Full Scoop segment, where we discuss one big topic of the week, we're asking the question, would you live on Mars? I'm your host, Alan Brown. Serving up stories with me today are Johnny, Ben, and Winston. Hello, everybody. Ladies. Hello. Gentlemen. Good morning. Hello. Now quickly, everyone, to the monologue. And then the Batman theme song. That's copyrighted. We can't get that. Change it enough and it's not copyrighted anymore. Maybe if we do it with our mouths, yeah. Well, to be fair, I think I did it so bad, no one would recognize it. Since the dawn of humanity, we have looked up at the night sky and wondered what secrets those mysterious lights could unveil. Are they distant fires? Could they be reached? Why do they dance with the seasons? Over time, we had concocted stories that helped us remember constellations, aided us in navigation, and guided us with their mystic wisdom through uncertain times. One of these celestial bodies is Mars. Named after the Roman god of war, it is considered a potential second home for humanity. We have machines conducting research on its surface and have learned much in the past two decades. Yet we long to walk upon it ourselves roam its dunes, and if they exist, hook up with a sexy Martian girl. I'm Sorrel Kagan, today on The Full Scoop, Space, Mars, and Beyond. That's right. We're going to get into that in a bit, but first, let's get some news bites. Here's Winston. Well, thank you very much, Alan. In short wrestling news today, the WWE's NXT Breakout Star Tournament has come to an end. And your winner and first ever NXT Women's Breakout star is none other than Laredo, Texas's own Roxanne Perez, formerly Ooh. Roxy. She is the hey. queen of first-time tournaments. She won the Ring of Honor tournament wow. to crown the first ever ROH Women's World Champion. And with this victory in the NXT, she has now earned herself a guaranteed shot at the NXT Women's title. Big things are happening for her and they are happening fast. All of Texas has got your back, Roxanne. NXT, does that have anything to do with those cigarettes that came out that had NXT on them? Fucking Marlboro. What's NXT stand for? Uh, nothing. Just, uh, it's well, just okay, letters. Now, okay, Johnny Johnny mm. is as- answering what it means on, on the cigarette side. I mean, oh. like, what is NXT's NXT for wrestling? <laughs> no, it's just the brand. NXT, <laughs> WWE. They're not sponsoring it, if that's what you're wondering. So NXT, and I'm sorry for my ignorance, but NXT is like a tier two to a bigger league like Pretty, yeah the nxt is is the developmental league for the wwe that's where wwe sends any new recruits or wrestlers that they just signed and they send them to nxt to get them ready so that they can be able to debut on raw and smackdown and they already know the wwe way of doing things and now moving on Today, guys, I also wanted to give a solid recommendation for Flick for all of our listeners to, to catch up on. I want to recommend In The Loop, a kind of spin-off, and I'm using quotes here, of the BBC television series The Thick of It, which I also highly recommend. 
In the Loop premiered in 2009, and it follows both United Kingdom and United States government officials as the two countries debate, scheme, plot, maneuver, and manipulate public opinion and private information to push their own political agendas in regards to Middle Eastern intervention. Though it's never explicitly stated in the movie, this is obviously a reference to the war on terror and specifically the war in Iraq in the early to mid-2000s. The movie is full of unethical power brokers and well-intentioned but ultimately useless politicians on both sides of the Atlantic. It is a demonstration of the futility in attempting to avoid a war both countries were clearly angling for. And it's one of the most hilarious movies I've ever seen. For the group here, uh, a comedy. I put it up there with Four Lions in terms of just how funny this movie is. In the Loop, I know, and I know I'm setting a high bar there, but In the Loop yeah. is basically what happens when you puree the office and government politics. Imagine if Michael Scott or David Brent had been in charge of public policy and held real positions of power. That's in the loop, all right? It's brutal in its humor. It's just, in, like I said, inept government officials trying to get things done and people with power who shouldn't have power. How does it compare to The Brink? Have you seen that show? I have not seen The Brink. No, I have not. The synopsis sounds goddamn almost near the same as The Brink. It it only lasted, what, 10 episodes? Maybe one one season? Wait, you know, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Freaking, I thought it was amazing. And if it's anything like that, then I would agree that it, it, I will watch the movie though. I, I yes I, I do put it put it up there with that it, it's it's brutal in its humor I'm gonna give you guys an example one scene has a U.S. general played by the late great James Gandolfini and the assistant secretary oh. of state played by Mimi Kennedy they're discussing the practicalities of going to war the general does some quick math to calculate exactly how many troops they have available and he comes up with 12,000 12,000 but that's not enough he's like it's not enough no that's the amount that are going to die and at the end of a war, you need Damn. some soldiers left alive. Otherwise, it looks like you've lost. Oh, shit. You know, James Gandolfini is easily the biggest star of the bunch. But the movie right. really belongs to the British cast, most of which do come back from the thick of it. And here's why I actually used air quotes when I was describing In the Loop as a spinoff. Though many of the cast members from the series are in the movie, they're playing somewhat different characters. Different names, okay. different occupations, somewhat similar but still slightly different personalities. There are a few who do return as the same characters more or less intact from the show. Most notably, the true star of the movie, Peter Capaldi as Malcolm Tucker, the British Prime Minister's Director of Communications, the most unscrupulous, hot-tempered, foul-mouthed spin doctor working in politics. Tucker travels continents in his efforts to control an ever-increasingly out-of-control situation, along the way degrading, humiliating, and coercing anyone who dare oppose him or even just mildly annoy him. One example is when a young White House aide tries to be jokingly sarcastic with him. Malcolm responds, Don't get sarcastic with me, son. We burned this tight art city to the ground in 1814, and I'm all for doing it again. Starting with you, you frat fuck. You get sarcastic with me one more time, and I will stuff so much cotton wool down your fucking throat, it'll come out of your ass like the wee tail on a Playboy bunny. He's Scottish, by the way. Don't call him English. He hates that. Or when he instructs the minister, the minister for international development to stop giving quotes to reporters, he tells him, you say nothing, okay? You stay detached. Otherwise, that's what I'll do to your retinas. It's wonderfully oh. satirical in its end of, of politics. It's brilliantly beautiful in his insults. So if you enjoy watching a good bollocking, then In the Loop, and by extension, the thick of it, are right up your alley. These are two hilarious, brilliant pieces of work. British comedy. 
Are we bringing back uh, the Congo rating system? I, you know what? We totally we should. should. Absolutely for this. In the loop, Congo rating system, I would give it one and three quarters Congo. And, Hilarious. And for, for the no. for the record, how many Congos does Congo score? Congo is three Congos itself. That's how good three that Congos. movie is. Right. Congo scores three Congos on the Congo three rating system. Three out of three. System. Three out of three. Right. Three out of one. You know what I'm saying? Three out of one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, that's the rating system. <laughs> but I, I, you know what? But as good as Congo is, I think what we do in the shadows gets three and a half Congos. It's more Congo than Congo. Ooh. Yeah, Congo's and, just the bar. Right. Congo set the bar. Congo's right. the bar. You can jump higher jump than it. the bar. You can. Right. I mean, that's Habits. why the bar is there. To go over. I can't jump at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Olympic athletes. Here. Well, I have some news bites myself today. Wanted to talk to you all about space anemia. A little bit random, but check this out. So scientists found that in space, astronauts' bodies destroyed around 3 million red blood cells every second, which is 54% higher than what happens on Earth notably higher that's you know that now puts them into clinically anemic but that's not what's interesting because we've known that for a while not me personally but scientists have known that for a while (laughs) after the astronauts return from space five out of 13 astronauts in this study which we're going to link to in the description were still clinically anemic over the next few months this is they're already back on earth right So over the next few months the red, red blood cell count continued to grow but even a year later the red blood cell destruction was still 30% higher than normal, which means that there are lasting effects Hmm. far beyond the mission being over. This is a relatively new study. And so now they're trying to get data uh, to see what happens to astronauts that are in space longer. So six-month missions uh, were studied here. They're going to see what happens if someone's in space for a year. What happens if someone someone goes to space, takes a break for a couple of years, goes back on another mission, and then, you know, back on Earth, now we have to do more long-term studies. But basically, you know, they, they're anemic, and I think that if you're in space too long, this could mean that you turn into a vampire. I was just about Sweet. to ask, you know, how does this affect space Dracula? So out, out the gate, we're not meant to travel, is what you're saying? Right. <laughs> we weren't designed to be off the Earth's crust. And it kind of yeah. makes sense because a while back I had heard that because my wife had had some anemia and well, one of her friends and whatnot. And you were like, did you go to space real quick? <laughs> I knew she was gone. She said she was going to to South by the Island, but uh, I, I never believed her. should have checked the mileage on that truck there, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> This looks like you went to Cape Canaveral. What's up with that? So then, what? One of her, one of her friends had said that it was that uh, she thought it was because she had uh, what was it called vertigo? Oh, and the vertigo. And I pulled this up real quick, and it says many people think that anemia that they have anemia just because they often get dizzy or have vertigo. Right. There's there's not enough uh, on the subject to to conclude it, but to I had heard them. that. Yeah, I had heard that there's some doctors right. that were thinking it is because the vertigo and whatever's going on in your in your brain is, is causing you know some weird things to happen in your body. Wait, so the vertigo causes the anemia, and not the anemia causing the vertigo? Well, when you're in space, wow, 
Well, he says there's not enough research, but okay, oh. I see. I see the link that you're trying. There's to some, yeah, there's some that people that, that when believe you're in space, that. the fluid in your ears. Yeah, so you you basically you're dizzy all the time. That's why you right. have to go through extensive tests to make sure that you can handle that without being right. disoriented. And so it just kind of you know went hand in hand with what I had heard that one of her doctors had suggested that uh, because she was having anemia, uh, having vertigo. It may have caused the anemia. Right. But I mean, I'm not a doctor and I could say that about anything. <laughs> it may be yeah. this. <laughs> she was definitely in space, dude. Yeah. And and like you said, go back to what you said, Wilson. They think one causes the other also, right? Iron deficiency can cause dizziness and and vertical and stuff like that. But you know, some some doctors are not sure that it's that way. It might be the opposite. Yeah. My name's Winston, by the way. <laughs> Don't. Winston, talk. It's on the board. It's, explain that to me again, like exactly as you just said. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> I just here. Here's a Winston free. Winston. <laughs> Cut and paste. <laughs> Cut and paste. <laughs> we the people. No, was it? We the nation. We the people. <laughs> That's gonna be terrible. That's kind of like no. That was said with the same emotion that I had. okay i'll give you several winstons winston 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 give me a scared one winston give him a low tone one winston that that's range winston (laughs) oh man that's what i get i'm never gonna forget this name again (laughs) i said it three times I'm feeling a little anemic right now, guys. <laughs> I'm feeling anemic. <laughs> it's not the vertical, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. I wish I could Whoa. keep some of this. Just leave it. Yeah, I'll see what, ha- I'll see yeah, what happens. We can have Wanda say, hey, man, we just uploaded the shit out of this one. <laughs> oh, my God. We're, so where were we on the space Dracula? <laughs> I, I think I saw that movie. <laughs> It's called Leprechaun in Space. They, they couldn't they live one? in space because they kept fucking have, getting anemia. <laughs> they couldn't get enough blood. <laughs> no. <laughs> Moving, on. <laughs> Moving on. The U.S. government now has 400 official reports of UFOs, but Congress wants you to know there's still no proof of aliens. So this <laughs> article... <laughs> That's not so bullshit. <laughs> this is a high from something else. And now the mm. audience is going to be a little confused. Are you smoking indoors? I'm doing it, man. This is my goddamn <laughs> house. Christ. It's only illegal in bars, Alan. He's moving out anyways. So in our next story, and this is from May. Who's May? Well, uh, May, a friend of ours. No, the month of May. Oh. Two military officials released a new unidentified aerial phenomena video at a congressional hearing on ufos why would they release uap video at a congressional hearing on ufos they should have released a ufo video someone wasn't checking their acronyms that day anyways that wasn't the part that interested me so they said that they now had 400 reports of such sightings and here's quote from there unidentified aerial phenomena are a potential national security threat and they need to be treated that way said committee Chair Representative Andre Carson of Indiana. 
So he was kind of setting the tone for the hearing, trying to keep everybody wrangled in and say, we're going to talk about this as a military concern, not about aliens, extraterrestrials or, you know, flying saucers. Alan, um, Alan, I'm trying to I, keep everybody I, on that. If, if I may, I believe it's yes. pronounced Andre Carson. I don't know enough French to pronounce that <laughs> with the <laughs> Andre. The Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another quote from there. So for too long, the stigma associated with UAPs has gotten in the way of good intelligence analysis, Carson said. Pilots avoided reporting or were laughed at when they did. So question for you all is, how would you all feel when you heard that the government was disclosing all this stuff? It was a, a couple of years ago. And they basically just said, yes, we've seen a lot of UFOs. Here's a report. We're disclosing this. And it was for the first time in like 50 years that the government has acknowledged the existence of their intelligence on UFOs. I do like that they are trying to sort of move away from the UFO terminology and they've come up with this unidentified aerial phenomena since right. if you hear UFO right away you're just you're dismissive you're like flying saucer oh yeah it's like nope so no no thanks Edward um yeah I, I got you sure but I think as you know referring to it as uh unidentified aerial phenomena yeah it's more likely to be like okay let's take it a little seriously was it a drone was it a spy plane was it swamp gases? What what exactly is it without automatically thinking ETs? It was a fucking spaceship. <laughs> I mean, so it, I, could, it could be a drone from another country, though. Well, exactly. But it was in space. So it's so they saw these know, objects phenomena in space. You're saying my drone thing is out the door. The yeah. Well, it could be a very secret drone that can make it to space. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't see why not. We got fucking rockets that make it into space. The rocket will take the drone, and they can just drop it up there. Yeah, I mean, SpaceX is throwing up satellites. There's a fucking Tesla in space. There's a, there's a Tesla. How many times has it gone around the planet already? Is it in orbit? It, it's halfway. It's halfway into Mars at the moment. I'm waiting for it to crash into my garage and keep it. One four wheeled object in space and then they tag it every time they see it and that's 400 sightings already unidentified unidentified <laughs> right of the things we have in space this should not be one of them do you think he put illegal stuff in, inside the car oh of course would it be illegal in space what did he put in the car he's saying he probably put weed, <laughs> weed in the car <laughs> you know if you lift up that spaceman's helmet there's like a blunt <laughs> <laughs> just like just right. like that <laughs> you can't you can't regulate space that's you can't that's, own space <laughs> you can't own space that's god's space <laughs> that's god's space not yet speaking of space has anybody seen uh space force yeah no, no! you haven't seen it what there's a new season, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I haven't caught the I, new one. I think it's awesome. I love it. It's weird humor, though. Like, it's not for everyone. No, it's not. John I tried Malkovich. to put it at, at work. Oh, John, I love John Malkovich. He has some of the best one-liners. Can anyone do a Malkovich uh, impression? <laughs> it's a, you know, it's quite difficult. Give me something to say. This fucking robe <laughs> is... It is a <laughs> visual and therefore a visceral betrayal. Oh, that was that was very close. I'm working on my memoir. On this, this memoirs. He just did a movie though, didn't he? That Great. that hasn't premiered. That won't premiere for like a hundred years or yes. something like oh, that. Like, it's right, the same, same I heard guy. about that. What? Hey, right. well, this is that takes us into futurism. Shh, no. So he's gonna he's gonna be the first movie premiered in space. 
No, he he already no, recorded no, no. the movie. They already did the movie <laughs> and everything, but they're not showing it's it. It's a whole movie. It's vaulted for a hundred years. Exactly, right. hundred years. Yeah. We're going to be in space already. Hopefully, hopefully, so that's just gonna hopefully, that's just going to premiere on Mars. It took us thirty plus years to get back in on, on orbit. Hold on, we're oh, like yeah. straying away from the story. Did we <laughs> solve the mis- the UFO mystery? From UFOs and UAPs to UAOs. This was this one isn't exactly space related, but it may be alien related. This past week, no, this was on May twenty first, in the wee hours of one a.m. Security cameras inside a perimeter fence at the Amarillo Zoo captured a strange image that looks like what some have said may be the chupacabra. Chupacabra, my ass. That is clearly a werewolf. Holy shit. It's Ooh. fucking Winston. He's drunk as fuck. You're <laughs> <laughs> seen without a shirt. <laughs> I look like one of Robin Williams' arms came to life. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, well, obviously we're going to link to this so everybody can check it out. But to me, it looks like a werewolf. A small kind of lichen. No way, dude. Look look at it. Rocket raccoon. Fucking it's rocket. Fucking rocket. It's rocket. Yeah. Fucking rocket. He's looking right at you. It's rocket gone streaking at night. Holy shit. Yeah, that's only a four foot fence. He's holding Groot. Right. <laughs> He's holding baby, <laughs> no, baby Groot. Groot. Wait, who said it was a four foot fence? <laughs> I did. <laughs> that ain't a four foot Does fence. Just show you how small he is. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I have no basis for how tall that fence is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just eyeballing it, but I think that's 20 feet. <laughs> that's it's a 16-foot werewolf walking nothing. around outside the zoo. There's no way that's 20 feet. That's, that grass no. would be huge. <laughs> <laughs> Some overgrown-ass grass. <laughs> I'm just saying we have no point of reference. It could be anything. Eight. Eight to ten. That's a goddamn yeah. eight-foot fence at best. It's a ten-footer with the barb on top. There you go. So some people have said it could be a large coyote on its hind legs. Have, have you all seen that video of the of the black bear that stands up and walks on his hind legs? That was creepy. Right. You think it's a black bear? That could be happening. He, I mean, he hasn't eaten uh, That for could a be while. happening with coyotes? I mean. Oh, dude, that'd be freaky if it was happening with coyotes. I've seen dogs do it. I've seen one coyote do it when he was chasing the roadrunner. Right? <laughs> Wiley. Wiley was always Wiley. on the side. Fucking Wiley. Fucking Wiley. Wiley. It's fucking was onto something. There's your He's got the roadrunner right in his hand. <laughs> he finally got him. <laughs> uh, this this one I saw it in a comment. Someone said it's actually someone giving. It's a guy giving his girlfriend a piggyback. It just looks weird. And that's it though. That's all we get. Like it's just a, a, a snapshot. At night? This is all we get. This is from Amarillo.gov. Like the, the city of Amarillo put this out. Looks less suspicious on video. Is probably what happens. So. Here's a message from the city of Amarillo. We just want to let the Amarillo community have some fun with this. It is important to note that this entity was outside the zoo. There were no signs of attempted entry. No animals or individuals were harmed. And no signs of criminal activity or vandalism. So no chupacabras because it would have sucked up all the animals there at the zoo. But yeah, I call bullshit. It's, something creepy. it's an animal. It's a zoo, right? Right. You would think they have some sort of trackers, some sort of like specialist, and they can't see their tracks right on the spot that they know exactly where that thing was. Most of these zookeepers are like 14-year-old kids that need a job. I was going to say that. They're like, we just love to take care of these creatures. And that's how we have fatalities at the fucking zoo. Mm-mm. It's just having an off day. <laughs> I read them wrong. That's how you get Harambe. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, that's up to our listeners to take a look at and determine whether it's a skinwalker or a chupacabra or uh, a guy giving his girlfriend a piggyback. But <laughs> we definitely want to hear what y'all think. So thank you, everybody. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll serve up the full scoop. Welcome back to the finale of the Manson Family Murders. On August 9th, 1969, shortly after midnight, hoping to jumpstart a race war, Manson ordered his followers to kill everyone at a luxurious house on Cielo Drive in Los Angeles. The family entered the home through a slit in a screen window and killed pregnant actress Sharon Tate, wife of director Roman Polanski, in one of the most gruesome and infamous murders. Terry Melcher, who was the original intended target, had luckily moved out months earlier, leaving its new resident, Sharon Tate, and a few friends as the unfortunate victims. Angered that the crimes had been too chaotic, the following day, Manson accompanied his followers to the home of a grocery company executive, Leno and Rosemary LaBianca, to personally supervise another round of deaths. At both crimes, they wrote on the wall, with blood, death to pigs, rice, and helter-skelter. Manson felt guided by his interpretation of the Beatles lyrics as it was predicting a race war that he needed to prepare for. Similar incidents had been committed before and after Sharon Tate's death, as they had planned a handful of copycat crimes. The plot was for Manson to frame Black people by having his followers leave messages and lines from the Beatles' White Album at the crime scene. In 1971, Manson and his followers were initially sentenced to death for the killings. However, a 1972 Supreme Court ruling abolished California's death penalty, which resulted in their sentences being commuted to life imprisonment. Manson died at age 83 in prison on November 19, 2017. This is Commander Kelso, not much time. We lost comms for a good while there on Atmo entry. Having a bit of trouble with the landing computer and coming in a few notches faster than we'd like. Lieutenant Smith is going to take uh, manual control. Uh, isn't that right, Lieutenant? Uh, yeah, just like the same. If we don't ping you back in 30, you know what happened. We read you, Commander. We'll stand by. No shit. Babe, did you have IT remotely scrub my own computer? Damn it, Lieutenant. You'll get back home safe and scrub it yourself. That's in order. Hello? Is this the Morplex? Hello? Hello? We're trying to order a glass clerk? No, hang on. Uh, honey, they're not even answering. Welcome back, listeners. Now we'll head into our full scoop segment. And uh, we're going to be talking about... Mars. Previously, I had mentioned a Mars colony project I had seen years ago. That was the Mars One project altogether, Mars One. And it was created in 2011. The idea there was to create a sort of reality show out of the adventure of actually going to Mars. And here's a quote from their website, which we will link to. The Olympic Games are worth more than $4 billion in broadcasting rights and sponsorships. The 1969 moon landing is still the TV program with the highest viewership density ever. Imagine the value of a mission to Mars in the current media era. Mars One 
raised funds by having investors invest in a Mars One media company that held the rights to the mission, end quote. And they got pretty far, involving companies like MDA Corporation, Paragon Space Development Corporation, Thales Alenia Space, and notably Lockheed Martin and SpaceX. I thought it was a good idea at the time, but now I I hate ads, so I'm kind of conflicted now. Like, imagine we had that, and you're watching this super exciting thing, and then you know, commercials in the middle of it. You get that little ad starting in three, two, one. Wait, is it blasting off? <laughs> no, it's a fucking ad. I'm not sure we should say we hate ads when we when we personally need ads. No, no, we're going to get sponsorships. I don't want any ads in the middle of the show. Good eye, mate. Do your friends and family tell you you drink too much? It's not your fault they can't keep up. But since you can't help them, we're here to help you. With Ashmore's beers, the beer that brings us ease. Straight liquor, got your liver shaking? Nah, man, I'm good. I just gotta reset. <laughs> Don't want to look like a Nance ordering mixed bevies? Can I have a mango tango, please? Yes, girl. With Ashmore's beers, we guarantee that by the time your fake friends begin to fake yawn and make for the door, you'll be well on your way to a self-induced coma. Either way, the project ran out of funding in 2021. The The website's still up, which is pretty cool. You can go in there and look at it. But now we have to move on to our next hopeful. That's SpaceX. In, the same, in that same decade, SpaceX revolutionized rocketry, probably borrowing a few ideas from Mars One. It has all been with the singular goal of making humans an interplanetary species. We all know Elon Musk has his eye on none other than Mars as our second home. The current trajectory could put humans on the red planet before the end of the decade. They keep saying that, right? Every 10 years, they're like, we're almost there, though. But this all brings me to the question of today's episode. Would you volunteer to travel to Mars? Ah, you In know. a heartbeat. <laughs> Wait, what are the requirements? Of course. Would you go to Mars and... For free. The first question is, would you go on the first mission? Let's say it's free. Let's say you're getting paid to do it. But would you go on the first mission... And if not, then under what conditions would you? There's no economy on Mars. It'll be complete anarchy if there's no economy on Mars. Like as soon as it lands, can't own Mars. It's well, no, God's but... Mars. I don't think. I don't think the question is just dropping off a bunch of random colonists on there. This is a. This is like the moon. This is like the moon landing. Yeah, we're not just gonna drop you on there. Like, it's not Survivor, but on Mars. That's exactly what it is. is. Right, they are right. fucking dropping you off and no. say, here, figure it out. Here's no, no. A couple, some instruments. You're there to do science. <laughs> I, I, we're, we're talking about SpaceX could potentially put humans on Mars before the end of the decade. Would you go on that first SpaceX Hands mission? down, yes. I remember in elementary school, I told my teacher, we were talking about the planets, and we got to Mars. And I told my te- teacher that there were aliens on Mars because I'd seen it in the movie. Mars attack. And, you know, she laughed at me and she's, she was correct to do so. Right. I, I think, honestly, you know, as a vegan, I'd have to take a look at the menu first. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've learned anything from the Martian. It's all more, plant-based. Yeah, more like that you'll be good. Pissed potatoes. I, I'm the awesome. one that's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Johnny. Quick stipulation: You got. You have to go by yourself, and the minimum. Oh, I'm not is... taking my family with me. Oh, I've already, I've already <laughs> told them. No, you have to take three albums. Was... What would they be? <laughs> 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 You're going to Mars. 
Uh, I still haven't you... found that fucking CCR one. <laughs> no. I mean, if you go, if you're going to Mars, you got to take Rocket Man. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I am, I do, I do have a legit question: Is this a one-way thing, or are we hopeful that we're coming back? One can only hope oh, no. that it's one way. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, I'm committing, man. When I commit, I, I've already 100%. talked it over with the with the wife. She knows you're not coming uh, yeah, back. No, she knows if they fucking open up, you know, I'm I'm going. You know who who was it a few weeks ago? Was it you, Johnny, that brought up that new thing where uh, for like fifty thousand dollars you can take like a ride to space or something like that? Yeah, it, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. And I, thought, that I, honest, I I honestly thought that you know it's gonna sound crazy, but I actually felt that was a reasonable price to go up to space because let's be honest, the first people going up there, it's not gonna be like your average people. You know, it's gonna be your your celebrities like Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. who are going to probably rent it out for an afternoon to Mission Impossible. Yeah, fifty k. You're already yeah, paying more than that for a for, for a fucking car. Yeah. And to these right, people, right, that's nothing. Right. Exactly. All all those like CEOs who are just always trying to one up each other. Yeah, I've been to space. Yeah, well, I've been to space twice. Like, I think fifty yeah. G sounds reasonable enough that mm-hmm. with the rich, the really rich, it'll catch on. And honestly, I feel like like air travel, it'll eventually get competitive but and people will be able to afford it i think it'll be two different excursions like the celebrities the the big names are just gonna go up into space and come back right down right i don't think they'll commit to a mars trip that's gonna take at least a year to get there spend time and then a year back just to say they were the first well, that, that last part is a maybe so well, as we're as, not there yet from what we've heard <laughs> yeah we're not there yet from what we've heard from from musk the idea is the first handful to dozen of missions are going to be one way damn like it's gonna take potentially decades before we get to a round trip situation so he said you know the first Mm -hmm. people going to mars it's a one-way ticket so your question here has to be said would you go to mars one way Knowing that, it's would you go way. to Mars one way? And if you say no, then that's the end of that conversation. So I want to know <laughs> under what conditions would you go? I'm still a yes. I don't, I don't have uh, any conditions. Maybe if I can, as long as I can have like seasoning, so I can season my kelp to taste meatier. <laughs> kelp, kelp is crap. Beef flavored. Yeah, I take my my chupacabra mix. Yeah. Chupacabra mix. <laughs> my chupacabra mix or or some bouillon. I'll take some some chicken bouillon. I'll be good. That'll season anything. Very important. We are not sponsored by chupacabra mix, but you <laughs> could reach out to us at thefullscoop at gmail.com. You know, I mean, that is a crazy thought to to really, you know, ponder. Like, I know, like, you know, like you say, those first dozen missions or whatever, like everybody going up there is like, I know I'm dying. I, up come there. Back. I know right. this is good, permanent goodbye for everybody. You know, like, yeah, with the moon landings and everything, you know, they understood there was a risk, but they still had right. that risk of like, OK, we're coming back. But with these missions, yeah, it's it's. You definitely know you're not coming back. The angle on that is to understand that it is a historic thing and you are inscribing your name into history by being Mm -hmm. the first. It's not about, you know, what sort of life will I lead when I get there? You could very well land and survive one week and that's it because something could go wrong, but you could have a civilization on Mars. And what I would imagine is a bronze statue to the first to to go forth 
you know, into that unknown, into that danger. Would you rather get cremated or, or buried in Mars? I think you just get left on the surface. You kind of like dry out. Yeah, the, the sandstorms will take care of will take care of you. So dark. You know, I really hope I really hope so because if you think about it, we've put at least a dozen men on the moon. How many can we name? Don't Google. Neil I heard Armstrong, you Google it. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> and we put three that right. first time. That that third guy. Who's that that guy? third guy's that no guy? good. <laughs> With my luck, that third guy will be me. <laughs> hey, just just watch the shuttle. We'll be right back. Don't worry. Your name goes down in history too. No, it does not. <laughs> that guy's gonna be more pissed than Buzz. <laughs> It's always the, the you know if you read the history books it's always like Neil Armstrong Buzz Aldrin and their pilot went to Mars the moon the why Mars that's bad we, you know what look it up look it up and, and throw his name it's out Michael now. I think it's Michael I can't remember see I can't even remember his last name Michael Collins you know, you know what sucks there's a band called Third Man on the Moon and that's what that's who comes up first <laughs> oh, God, he doesn't even make the Google for his own title okay scroll a little bit further down and it says Charles Pete Conrad was the third man to walk on the moon what, was he was he with Buzz no he was in Gemini 5 wait no no I didn't ask for the third man to walk on the moon yeah I meant yeah. the third we, man I know. on that mission Ooh. Yeah. Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong. Michael Collins. God damn it. That's for you, Michael. I remember your name. So would you be the third person on Mars? Johnny? (laughs) Knowing that you're probably not going to go down in history. Hell yeah, I'd be that third person. You'd still Google me like, you know, 50 years later. (laughs) (laughs) Who was that other guy? (laughs) And throw me a shout out. (laughs) And I salute every single person. And, you know, I feel that once we finally get that first successful returned mission back yeah. to earth from mars i feel those people should get that uh armageddon treatment where they like pay no taxes for the rest of their pay lives no they have to do all the they get all these other benefits i say give it to them they earned it but they, they were criminals did, didn't they like like all their criminal history just get wiped out but yeah yeah definitely all of that stuff no criminal criminal backgrounds or Totally wiped out. No federal taxes. That comes up in, in the show Space Force. And it, it's a hilarious scene between between all of them. They're like, well, why did you get these guys vetted? And they, they got an arson on board. And <laughs> shit. It's hilarious. And then, and then the other, the, the heads of all the other military branches are arguing because uh, the uh, the other, I'm, I'm not gonna say who or, or it was Spoiler. China is is on the moon, <laughs> and, and they they run over the flag, the U.S. flag, and they're like, "We need to get them back. We need to burn their building down." Isn't that why you put that arson on board? Of course it is. <laughs> it's, it's so hilarious. <laughs> the other guys are like, "It was planned. Of course it was." <laughs> I guess you know, so. Long, the long answer short, uh, no, I probably wouldn't be part of those first missions. I think I would. Uh, I, I would just uh, at minimum um, see to it that my family would be well off. They should be right. fully the uh, same thing for them. That family should be taken care of for the when rest I, of their when life. I depart. Right. I don't want to take them with me. Right. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Let, right. I, let it be. I'm they're looking, not. They're not going with me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the vacation. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. B- but I want them to be comfortable. Just comfortable. Not too much. Don't spoil them. Right. I always thought that. The first people that would go to Mars understand that it is a almost, you know, certainty that you're not coming back. Maybe you could come back in 40 years when they establish round trip missions, but still that's a lifetime away. 
So you're giving up your life for the mission, for the betterment of humanity. I felt like there should be some insurance for the families of those that go off. So, I mean, I, I would say that that is perfectly reasonable. And I think that I would personally also go on, on uh, one of these first missions, even third, fourth, fifth guy, whatever, as long as there was some sort of, some sort of uh, guarantees for my family, make sure they're taken care of. And I could still tweet or message back and I would make sure that I'm famous on social media. I was going to say something similar. I was going to say, like, let them like require them to let me continue doing the podcast every Sunday. That, that way I, I can secure my own legacy. <laughs> you know, there's like a 20 minute delay for communication. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make it work. And all the way from Mars. Here's Ben. All right, let's go take a break. We'll make it work somehow. Hey, that's what editing's for, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and we'll send you the Mars bites. <laughs> Still red. Still dusty. <laughs> Still sucks. You know, I feel if you're able to <laughs> rocket and pilot all the way to Mars and then rocket and pilot all the way back to Earth safely, that your car insurance premium should go down to like a dollar a month. <laughs> there's no you cars know. in space. The odds of you hitting anything. Hey, there's a car in space. <laughs> there's one oh, car in space. There's a car in space. How do you fucking hit the damn Tesla on your way in? <laughs> Who covers hey, that? Hey, Who's gonna cover that? Hey, can we just settle this between us? You know, we don't have to get the insurance involved. <laughs> and that's our show. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. You can find the links to the stories mentioned in this episode in the podcast description. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe or follow on your podcast app, and you'll receive our latest episodes in your feed for free. Really cool how that works. You've just received the full scoop. We'll have more for you next week. Hey, we want to hear from you. Do you have a question or topic you want to hear on the show? Drop us a line at speakpipe.com forward slash full scoop and it could get featured in an episode. Mm-hmm.